This episode of Attention Talk Radio is brought to you by children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Welcome to Attention Talk Radio, your ADHD information station where we help those with ADHD pay attention to attention. With your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Topper. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to this edition of Attention Talk Radio. I'm your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Copper. Our topic tonight, ADHD, DNA, brain scans, and hope for the future. With us in our virtual studio is uh, Dr. Benjamin Shayette. Uh, before we get into the content of our show, real quickly, we'd like to thank uh, children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder for their continued support of our show. In celebration of that event, we're anxious to give away free copies or digital copies of Attention Magazine. To do that, it's really relatively simple. You just listen to our show. We'll share a secret word a couple times during the show. Write that secret word down. Listen to another show. Write that secret word down and send me an email. The address is attention at attentiontalkradio.com. Once received with those two secret words written in the email, we will get you a current PDF copy of Attention Magazine, and we'll forward you the next copy when it is produced. Also, it's not too early to start planning for the 2020 Annual International Conference on ADHD, scheduled for March 5th through the 7th. Originally, it, the event was going to be uh, in Dallas, Texas. Um, however, due to COVID-19, they had to make the decision to go virtual. So there's really no reason not to attend this year. Uh, there's no travel um, expenses associated. There's a lot of really, really good speakers. I'm excited. I'll be speaking on ADHD and fitness. Uh, got a lot of fun stuff with that. Uh, to learn more about the conference and to register or just to kind of find your way around, go to chadd.org. Got a little promo here that we're going to run for Chad, uh, and then we'll get into the meat of the show. Have you always wanted to attend the annual international conference on ADHD, but couldn't because it was too expensive? This year, you're in luck. The 2020 conference is going virtual. You and your family will have the benefit of enjoying the conference from the comfort of your own home. Get ready to interact with speakers and participants from around the globe. Learn more at theadhdconference.org. Thanks again, Chad, for that promo and your support. For those that are not aware, Chad is the largest not-for-profit organization that advocates on behalf of those with ADHD. Uh, we encourage all of our listeners to become members or to donate because a strong Chad is a strong ADHD community. They're the ones that uh, are speak on behalf of the ADHD community on Capitol Hill and different regulatory agencies uh, to make sure that uh, we get accommodations and things that we need in order for us to thrive. Uh, to learn more, to uh, donate, or to uh, uh, join, go to chadd.org. Org. All right. Our topic tonight is uh, ADHD, DNA, brain scans, and hope for the future. This uh, interview was pre-recorded. I think it's very, very insightful. I've been doing this for about 10 years as the host of Attention Talk Radio. It's been amazing to me at the advances that have been made in the last 10 years, and hopefully uh, what we're going to learn here will give us some hope with that. We'll roll the tape. Benjamin Shayette, MD, PhD, is Professor Emeritus in the Department of Psychiatry, UCSF, Wheel Institute for Neuroscience, and the co-director of Modular Medicine Pathways. Dr. Shayette's life work has been on the brain and behavior with a focus on DNA research and gene sequencing. This research opened the door to advances in precision medicine, allowing a patient's genes to be sequenced to find mutations that give rise to psychiatric disorder. 
His early interest in psychiatry and modular biology led him to pursue a career researching the WNT signaling pathway, which is the basis of his current work. He is the recipient of numerous awards and honors from UCSF, University of Washington, and the American Psychiatric Association, along with his wife, Sarah Shiette, MD, and Peter Johnson. Dr. Shiette is the author of the book, ADHD and Focused Mind, A Guide to Giving Your ADHD Child Focus, Discipline, and Self-Confidence. And with that, Dr. Shiette, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm, uh, I'm real excited to have you on the show. One of the things that... Um, I think everybody out in the in the ADHD community, everybody's anxious to get to some type of a definitive test uh, to diagnose mm-hmm. ADHD. And I think we're making a lot of uh, – we're getting into a lot of real interesting things these days, but uh, there's still a little long ways to go. And I really want to just – I'm anxious to t- kind of talk to you about you know stuff that's out there and kind of educate our population. And one of the things that's been out there that we're noticing is more and more people start talking about DNA testing for people with ADHD. Um, mm-hmm. Can you kind of frame that out? Do you know any history about that or the current status of that? Sure. So, um, of course, this is one of the holy grails of psychiatry in general. Uh, the, the hope to come up with some sort of a test, a blood test of some kind, that you could use to make diagnoses. And, you know, it's one of the ways that psychiatry as a field stands out from many of the other specialties of medicine is that we don't have such tests right now, although it's something, of course, we'd love to have. And so with regard to ADHD in particular, there is currently no scientific test, including no DNA test, for the disorder, and that's a, it gets complicated after that. I don't know if you how deep you want to immediately get in the weeds here, um, or if you want to ask further questions. But basically, well, so, uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, no, go ahead. Basically, what? Basically, there aren't uh, specific genes, for example, with um, with defects in them that we can consistently point to. And say, if you have those defects or if you have those differences, maybe a better word, um, in your DNA, that means you have ADHD. We don't have enough information at this time to be able to do that sort of a test, at least not for the, uh, across the whole population of people. So, my, so help me understand. My understanding is that we've narrowed down a group of some, some DNA, if you will, that tends to be prevalent. Uh, but this is really kind of complex because you can have different combinations of different things and all kinds of stuff. So since ADHD can um, be accompanied by other stuff, it's a little difficult. But am I on board or, or is it right to say that we've narrowed it down to some, some areas that we have general rules like these things we think with regard to the, these – if you have certain types of DNA, it could predispose you to that type of stuff or is, are we even there that, or, or are we even there yet? I would say we're not even there yet for the most part. So the the difficulty is that there are probably over a hundred, maybe a thousand different types of differences in your DNA that could contribute to any particular neuropsychiatric condition, and that includes ADHD. And Right now, maybe researchers know a small fraction of those. So, 
yeah, on the one hand, yes, what you said is correct. We we do know some of the DNA areas, as you said, uh, that mm-hmm. might predispose to ADHD, but not even all of them. And mm. not not I I don't even think by a long shot yet. And uh, so, in order to do a reliable test, as you're suggesting, you know, obviously, if if what you want to do is use a test to blindly tell whether someone has ADHD or not, you would have to know all those different loci, that's the scientific term for a place in the genome, all the, all the different little bits of DNA that, are, that, that can be different in somebody with ADHD versus somebody who doesn't have ADHD. And then the second part of what you said is also true. It's not going to be as simple as, well, if you have this little difference in your DNA, that means you have ADHD or not, it's not going to be that simple at all. It's going to be highly complex and have to do with not, it's not going to be a binary thing. Yes, you have this. Yes, you have ADHD. No, you don't have this. No, you don't have ADHD. It's going to be about interactions between lots of little bits of DNA uh, that in combination and then combination with other things in your life and including things that happened uh, during your birth or even before in utero, all that put together and then maybe even with some chance elements just stochastically led to differences in the way your brain is wired and now you have ADHD. So it's it's extremely complicated. Uh, it's not one-to-one. The, the mapping is not one-to-one in the sense of you have this DNA d- difference and therefore you have ADHD. It's not going to be that causal, and uh, and there are going to be many of those differences that combined in certain ways lead you to be more predisposed, and we don't have all those rules yet. We don't even know all the players yet, so that's mm. how far away I'd say we are. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because um, there, there, there are some people out there that are doing testing, and some of them actually saying with that DNA they can they can – get a sense on maybe what medications to use, that's kind of way ahead of where we are from what I'm hearing you're saying. Well, that's right. And, uh, you know, uh, it, with regard to the genetic testing for medications, that's a little different um, subject, but related. So at least to my knowledge, there are a number of companies out there that are now marketing DNA testing for choosing certain psychiatric medications, but here's the thing. First of all, they're not testing whether or not you have a diagnosis, all right? So it's not the same as what you were just saying. They're not testing Mm -hmm. whether or not you have ADHD. They're just, they're not even close to that. They're just testing how you may respond to medication A versus medication B. That's the first problem in terms of what you were asking. The second challenge is that... um, they're not testing all the different medications. And so uh, I don't even believe for the most part they're looking at the major medications involved in ADHD. You may be aware of some that I don't know about, but the, mm-hmm. the companies, the tests that I have seen are mostly looking at a few different antidepressants, not even every antidepressant, but some of them, and then a bunch of antipsychotics. Um, so these are not the first-line treatments for ADHD, so they wouldn't be particularly helpful if what you're trying to do is figure out which ADHD medication you're interested in. And finally, there's the whole question of whether even 
even the tests are good at doing what they're supposed to do, according to the company literature. And there's a lot of controversy about that. It's not been FDA approved for this reason. Um, basically, what they're what they're looking at in those tests is how well you metabolize the medication. That's the main thing they're looking at. So they're looking at differences in your liver enzymes and a few other things um, to try and then extrapolate from that how well you're going to respond to a, a given medication. But there's so many more variables involved in how an individual responds to medication that uh, they're, they're not considered by most experts uh, to be reliable indicators, even of what they're claiming to be able to do, let alone looking at ADHD medications, which is, uh, as far as I said, at this time, I don't think they are testing. Uh, they're, they're saying anything about most ADHD medications. And finally, all of that is quite far away from doing a test to determine whether or not you have a given diagnosis. Wow. wow. A lot going on here. I tell you what, I want to continue this conversation, but before we do, we need to go to a break real quick. Uh, everyone, I encourage you to learn more about Dr. Shiat by go- just Googling him because he's got a couple different blogs and some things around the Internet. Uh, just his, his last name is spelled C-H-E-Y-E-T-T-E. That's been C-H-E-Y-E-T-T-E. Our secret word tonight is scans. Our secret word tonight is scans, and with that, we'll be right back after these messages. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Do you worry when your child is left out? Does your child have trouble making and keeping friends? Life skills can be challenging for ADHD kids. Learn how you can be your child's greatest ally by reading the book Ned Hollowell described as a game changer. Michelle Borba referred to as the ultimate guide for parents. And Michael Thompson praised as the groundbreaking book you've been waiting for. Go to playbetterplan.com to buy a copy of Caroline McGuire's book, Why will no one play with me? While you're there, subscribe to download her free mini course on developing social skills for children. That's playbetterplan.com. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. The average annual cost of attending college starts around $25,000. Students who have ADHD are at high risk of dropping out because they haven't learned the critical skills they need to succeed in school. Protect your investment with an EDGE Foundation coach, specifically trained to help students with ADHD and executive function challenge make the transition from high school to college. Visit edgefoundation.org to learn more or call 206-632-9497 and use promo code EDGE to get your free college success guide. Transform lives as a professionally trained ADHD coach at the ADD Coach Academy. ADHD coaching is in demand, a calling, and a career. Learn how you can change lives by going to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Managing ADHD is about pausing before you ponder and proceed. This opportunity to practice pausing is being brought to you by digcoaching.com. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We're here with Dr. Ben Shayette talking about ADHD, diagnosis, medication, uh, uh, in the context of, of DNA. Um, before the break, mm-hmm. I was listening to just the conversation kind of in general, and one of the things that's kind of come up that I, I didn't expect to have a conversation, but I want to, is that uh, years ago, back oh god, I think in 2010, I did an interview with Dan Pruitt. Back then, when DSM-4 was around, 
he did a mathematical calculation because we had ADD, um, ADHD, and combined type. And mm-hmm. he did a mathematical cal- computation of all the symptoms, the, all the combinations of symptoms that you could have to have ADHD. And there was over 18,000. And we kind of clowned around about that, Joe. It was like, so which version do you, ha- do you have? And those different combinations of symptoms didn't take into severity or, or um, other comorbid conditions. And what I'm hearing from you is if, as we get into this DNA thing, there's so much other at, at play. It really bodes a to that, that notion, once you've seen person, one person with ADHD, you've seen one person with ADHD, which goes back to one of those reasons why it's really not such a good thing that we label people. We really should be treating the individual, not the label, because if we just – it's not always just one thing, and this is pretty complicated stuff. Thoughts, I mean, is that making some sense? Yeah, I, I, it does make sense. I think I, – I, I, I'm trying to process my own thoughts about what you just said and you know because in and then combine it with my own experience as a clinician because I certainly feel that there are certain commonalities between patients who have ADHD in general. So it's not like it's a false category. I wouldn't say that. Um, you know, we can talk as we do and as as you do, you know, and why uh-huh. you have the show about things that people with ADHD have in common and therefore things that may be helpful in general. And, and there are medications that tend to help people with ADHD. But that being said, you're absolutely right. Uh, Everyone is different. Uh, There are all kinds of idiosyncratic differences between people. And, you know, one of the things that uh, I take as job security is that at least for now, it really takes experience to, decide what's the best treatment for uh, an individual patient and then to work with that patient going forward and uh, keep sussing that out because it's it's not always as easy as the first medication that we choose or the first strategy we choose is going to turn out to be the thing that solves the problem or is the best way to deal with the problem. And, and, and that's not even taking into account the fact that people also change as they age and they learn new skills. And uh, so what worked for them when they were 10 may not be what works for them best when they're 30 or 50. So I'm, I'm taking a lot of this is that we, we, we'd love, we'd really like to get to where we have some brain scans or we have some DNA that can point there. But the more we're having this conversation, I'm realizing how complex it is and how we're on the early stages in some of these organizations that are trying to collect DNA and do this stuff. It's, it, I think it's really kind of important because it's actually giving them data at this point in time to study so that they can refine it. So in one sense, it's they're doing it because we'd like to have it, but we're a long way away. But at the same time, collecting that data on people and seeing what happens, is that's, that's kind of a value um, in, in a sense, but not in the way it's being spun. Does that make sense? I, I... I agree with that pretty much 100%. I, I think that – so the way I would put it is this. I, you know, I come from a scientific background in which I study genes and behavior, uh, and I certainly support the long-term enterprise and the hope that by doing this work and collecting people's DNA and then correlating that with people's uh, behavioral issues and how they respond to medications, et cetera. And then ultimately just to pull in one thing that you mentioned and that we may or may not get to today, 
correlating that with things like brain scan data, et cetera. So taking all that data together, uh, we might one day get to a point where psychiatry really is practiced like every other branch of medicine where there are objective tests and uh, signs that we look for and that we can then use to say definitively, yes, you have this disorder. And we might even then stop calling it a disorder. We might call it an illness or a disease. There are reasons why we use the term disorder in psychiatry. That's a whole other subject. But it's related to the fact that we don't have uh, really objective ways to categorize these things. They're kind of these baskets that we put people in based on the constellation of behaviors. And so it's a little bit inappropriate to even talk about psychiatric disease for the most part or neurobehavioral disease. We have to use terms like disorder or condition because we don't have diseases for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, and having tests like that ultimately is going to get us there, uh, but we're not there yet. And I do think that some of the companies that are selling DNA tests right now are perhaps a little bit out of order in the things that they are claiming. Um, but on the other hand, I think that I understand their goals and in the long run doing what they're doing, it's a start and uh, it probably will eventually lead to better tests that really do do what we'd like them to do. Uh, on the other hand, if you're a patient trying to get the best treatment and you only have uh, you know, a certain amount of money to spend, it's not necessarily what I would recommend as the best uh, value for your, yep. your expenditure. Yep. For the, so usually kinda... I tell patients, yeah, I, I usually find it to be as much of a distraction as it is to be uh, really adding value to a patient's treatment. Interesting. So I wanna, we're going to have to go to break here in a second, but that kind of goes back to one of the things I've talked about for years is brain scans. Um, kudos for people that are starting to pioneer that stuff and to take a look at brain scans, to look at the brain. But at the end of the day, a brain scan is kind of a picture. And the, the brain is actually a movie. It's, it's kind of a fluid type thing. And it goes back to it's, it's – in this conversation, the brain is infinitely complex. And to take a brain scan or a picture or two and say, I'm going to make a diagnosis off that, to me is not necessarily – doesn't really make a lot of sense because there's so much more that can be in play here. And it's – I look up to the people that are bringing that to the forefront, but at the same time, we have a long way to go with regard to that. Now, do you, thoughts on that? Does that make some sense? Or am I misrepresenting that? I, I think you're representing that very accurately. It's a kind of related subject in the sense that, once again, these conditions are very complex. We're still very far away from being able to point to an image of the brain and say, see, there it is, the ADHD yep. tract or sign or whatever you want to call it. Um, very far away from that. Uh, there is research that is looking at this, uh, some of it very good. And when you look at thousands and thousands of these images, they can draw certain conclusions about tendencies that they tend to see more in ADHD versus non-ADHD brains. But it is very, very far cry from being able to look at a single image from a single person or even a group of images from a yep. single person and say, yep, you're, you have ADHD there. I can see it right there on your, yep. your brain scan. Uh, it's just, Absolutely. That's just not where we are. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Well, again, we need to go to break real quick. Everybody, uh, to learn more about uh, Dr. Shiat, just Google uh, Benjamin Shiat, C-H-E-Y-E-T-T-E. Our secret word tonight is scans. Our secret word tonight is scans. And with that, we'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to Attention Talk Radio. We'll return in a moment. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Change your life by learning more about managing ADHD. Other places give you a few tips. The ADD Coach Academy will change your life. To find out more, go to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. You can't go off to college with them, but we can. Visit EdgeFoundation.org to learn more how an Edge coach can help your student reach their full potential. You can also call 206-632-9497 and use promo code EDGE and get a free college success guide. Could hiring an attention coach really help you move forward? (laughs) Does a child get wet when they dive into a swimming pool? You can get started moving forward today. Just call Dig Coaching Practice at 813-837-8084 and schedule a free consultation. Tell us you heard about us on Attention Talk Radio and get 50% off your discovery session. For more information, visit digcoaching.com. Don't delay. Do it today. And now... Back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We're here with Dr. Ben Shiat. We're having a great conversation about uh, ADHD in the future. Um, what I'm taking from all this, Dr. Shiat, is it really comes down to this is still very much an art. It's based a lot of on experience and uh, kind of know what's going on. And if, if um, I, I know um, my world, when people come and I'm coaching them, it's, uh, they often want to come to me and give me their diagnostic sheets and stuff like that. And I always say, I really don't want to see that stuff. I just really want to observe you and who you are. Maybe when we get into it after a while, I'll take a look at that stuff and see it matches up. But I don't like to be blinded by that because I like to, to, be, to, to really see maybe what's not there. And I'm actually very proud. I probably had a dozen or more people who came to me with ADHD diagnosis that after working with them said, you know, this is kind of, this is not what I'm used to seeing. And we, we, you know, we articulate that to the back to the mental health professional and they've actually changed the diagnosis because this is uh, it's a bit challenging here uh, from my perspective. And it's starting to say, even from, from your perspective, sometimes it's a little bit difficult to figure out really what's going on. Is that inaccurate or is that, does that make sense? I, I- I agree 100% again, and it's very much in line with my own experience. When a new patient comes to see me, I spend a lot of time getting a detailed history, really delving into their symptomatology. Sometimes, you know, I have had occasional patients. I can see kind of, you know, the, the look on their faces. Their expressions kind of fall a little bit when they try and hand me these big packets of neuropsychological testing, and I don't even want to look at it right away. You know, I want to talk to them and I want to find mm-hmm. out from them, you know, exactly what they're seeing me about. And then I have a bunch of questions always. And it, it's a long evaluation I do over an hour, an hour and a half. That's just my initial evaluation. And it's 90% of it is comprised of me uh, talking to the patient and asking them questions about their experiences, both uh, in the past and in the present. And 
And that includes, of course, if they're seeing me for ADHD, then attention uh, and hyperactivity issues and impulsivity. But I also ask about all kinds of other psychiatric conditions that, that in my experience, may overlap um, and that also need to be considered. So, and yes, it's an art. Uh, and in that regard, I'll say the one technology that I'm kind of most sanguine or hopeful about actually is more in the line along the lines of AI, artificial intelligence. I, I do think that the, the large data companies like Google and Apple, et cetera, I mean, they have these big initiatives where they're hoping to take all kinds of information about people and crunch it in some, you know, big supercomputer and then start to make predictions about how they're going to behave under different circumstances. And of course that has a dark side to it. Uh, that that's a, again, a whole nother topic that I don't think you want to get into today, but the diet, the, the helpful medical side of it is that that may lead to being able to make predictions about which medications that you may respond best to, you know, which diagnoses you're most likely to have. And I think that approach is quite, possibly may lead to some dividends in the in the nearer term compared to some of the things that we've been talking about so far today. That's fascinating to me. I've not thought about that, my, but my gut reaction to that is, is that data is using symptomatic responses, but you can use those symptomatic responses over a period of time. If you crunch the data and you compare the diagnosis and there's a correlation, it is a correlation. It doesn't always mean there's a causality to it, but uh, you know, from what we have right now, I can, it it would be plausible to say, to make experiment around with that data. Um, Right. Yeah. I mean, again, this is a whole other subject that I don't want to get into, but it wouldn't, and I don't know, I, I, I don't have inside information about this, but you know, I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, Facebook could make uh, reasonable predictions about which of their uh, clients or which of their users have ADHD based just on their their click patterns, you know. Um, and uh, wow. it's possible. So I'm just I'm just thinking out loud because um, they do have like there are certain forums as the people that are there and they can track the data on their clicking and stuff and their amount of time on the page and compare that to the rest of the data because I, I look at ADHD as a little bit of a self-regulation issue and if they're more predisposed to spend that much time on some of that stuff you could certainly gather that data because they have that. I never really thought about this. That's fascinating. Um, um, wow. Yeah. Of course, so, that's, that's, that's the, the challenge of all that stuff is, is the mental health community and the commercial side getting that data because right now it's being used kind of to market and, and profit off that crowd. But still, I, can, exactly. I definitely see the other side of it. Huh, interesting. Exactly. But this is partly why uh, corporations like um, uh, Alphabet that own Google have a whole medical arm to them now. Um, because they are smart people and they realize that there are medical ramifications to some of what they're doing. Um, And to the extent that medicine is an art, that it can't be just contained in a simple textbook or on a spreadsheet, uh, the kind of supercomputing, crunching huge volumes of data, that's kind of what a doctor does or a psychiatrist does when they meet a patient. A lot of it's unconscious work it's it, you know it and it's what we talk mm-hmm. about when we say you know what is my knee-jerk reaction to a patient what is my, what we use the term gut feeling right and 
sometimes patients even ask me, well, why did you choose that medication? Or why do you think I have that diagnosis? And I have to stop and think for a moment because it's not even 100% at a conscious level. Some of it's just pattern recognition. Well, I've seen a lot of patients at this point in my career, and you remind me of about 100 others that I've seen that, again, you're, you're you, you're idiosyncratic, you, you are your own person, but you remind me of about 100 other people I've seen that have ADHD and that have responded well to a stimulant medication. So that's why I'm recommending a stimulant medication. But again, a lot of that processing, a lot of that pattern recognition going on in the back of my cranium somewhere, I'm not necessarily sitting there yep. thinking, well, uh, this person that I'm seeing right now reminds me of these 100 other people that I can name. Oh, you know, I couldn't even name yep. the 100 other people they remind me of. It's just there in the back of my head. I've seen enough people, and I, I kind of have all this information stored back there that I don't even have full access to myself. So uh, that's the kind of thing that artificial intelligence and supercomputers do are, are beginning yep. to do as well as human beings. If you put enough data into them, they can find patterns that, yep. uh, that uh, uh, an expert human could as well. And I think that kind of approach is going to start impacting medicine yep. in general, not just psychiatry, but medicine uh, in the coming generation. Yep. So as a, as a side, everybody out there, um, this is the first time I've had somebody on that talked about this, but uh, Ari, Dr. Ari Tuckman and I did a, a show one time talking about what is intuition, trying to define it. And um, as, as Dr. Shiat was talking about, it's your gut, it's pattern recognition, I believe. It's kind of a complicated thing, but there's narrow attention and scan attention. And narrow attention is like uh, you see something, scan attention is you look like you look at somebody like something else is different and you realize they shave their mustache. And it's not so your narrow attention can point that out. But needless to say, is if you, if you Google Attention Talk Radio and Intuition, you might find a fascinating interview with Dr. Ari Tuckman and I, who talked about the gut and intuition and, and pattern recognition that Dr. Scheidt was talking about. None of that, by the way, is science. It's just uh, my definition over a period of time, which kind of maps out what he's saying. So at the end of the day, I think this is really, really good. At the end, we, we've got a long way to go, but at the end of the day, if you've got – if you've got ADHD and some other issues, it really comes down to finding the right guy, and, and it's really an art. Um, experience, knowledge, and know-how for a period of time is a really great place to start. And while there's a lot of initiatives that are going on that we would re – there's a lot of hope for that. We're still a long way away, and the best thing you can do is if you've got this, find the right individual who's got the background, who's got the experience, and got the knowledge because it is an art at this point in time. We would really like to be a science. Um, we're hopeful for the science to come around where it's like one, two, three, four, but for right now, still, um, it's really a bit of an art form. Um, and there is hope. There's a lot of good artists out there who can really help those with ADHD. Um, any, any, any thoughts on that? Any corrections, any adjustments? Just, uh, does that, does that make sense? I agree 100%. I am conscious of how far we've strayed from your initial, uh, topic for today, but, uh, absolutely what you're saying. I agree with. Yes. And well, it, the only know, thing I would add, yeah, the only thing I would add in line with the the uh, the intent of this conversation, brain scans, DNA tests, all of that will one day be grist for the mill. Will will be an additional points of data that are included in making a diagnosis and making a treatment recommendation. Right now, they're a little premature in terms of what they can tell us, but it's good that people are out there doing the science and. 
that'll help us get to a time when the, those kinds of that kind of testing really is valuable. But again, I'd say the main the main message for people out there who are concerned that, that they or their loved ones have ADHD, assuming that you you know aren't uh, a billionaire with money to burn, uh, it's a question of what do you want to expend your resources on. And I wouldn't spend it on fancy DNA tests or brain scans if, if your issue is, do I or, or does my child have ADHD and what's the best way to treat them? I think that currently that's mostly just a waste of your money. It's a hopeful future, but I, I agree. So with that, uh, Dr. Shett, thank you so much for coming on the show. My pleasure. I, I hope uh, this discussion was helpful for your listeners, and I really appreciate you having me on, Jeff. It's been a pleasure. I really, really, really appreciate it, everybody. Again, learn more about Dr. Chayette. Google Ben Chayette, C-H-E-Y-E-T-T-E dot com. We've got our secret word tonight's scans. Catch you next week. Another great edition of Attention Talk Radio. Take care.